equation of my background is the charisma and courage from my father, Mr. Tay. Now you'll find out that the second half of that equation comes from my superhero of a mother, Miss Anne Von Williams. Now, admittedly, there are fewer articles and less think pieces about my mother, and that's because she's smart. She got as far away from that deadly spotlight as she could. Nonetheless, I would like to kick off her introduction with a reading from an excerpt of the Mirror newspaper's February 1997 edition of Ghana's Most Admirable Couples. It reads as follows. I got to know Anne about two years ago, and I'm always delighted at the way the woman supports her husband in all the things and businesses he does. In fact, weak-hearted women cannot contain or withstand the press attention that Anne does. It rather seems that this attention has cemented the relationship of the couple. The woman is always ready to throw her weight behind her man. It is interesting that she remains a source of encouragement for her man, and there is cordiality between the two. I like the understanding that exists in their home. It is my wish that they continue to live in harmony and to show love towards one another. That author hit the nail right on the head. My mother is strong, steadfast, and indeed an admirable woman. (laughs) Icing on the cake? Mommy is gorgeous. She's petite with piercing grayish-brown eyes and a striking smile. It's flanked on both sides with the deepest dimples and She has the longest, most luscious, wavy brown hair and a laugh so infectious it just turns the mood in an instant. Yep, that's my mommy, the product of a Welsh-English patrician and a Fante socialite. According to an article from allafrica.com and confirmed through the Ghanaian Chronicles news outlet, my grandfather the Honorable Mr. Peter Von Williams, was the chairman of the Council for Indigenous Business Associations. He was also the Deputy Minister for Employment and Social Welfare, as well as Youth Sports. My grandmother, Miss Florence Hutchful, now Ampafo, was the daughter of a prominent family from Sikindi Takrade, involved in international trade and textiles. So, as you can imagine, as the daughter of two posh individuals, my mother's style, presence, and influence is second to none. (laughs) And of course, it should go without saying that mommy was and still is a very rich woman. By the time she met my dad... Through grandpa, no less, she was well-traveled, highly educated, and very sought after. But something about Mr. Tay just won her over. Must have been true love. Had to have been true love, because for all the pomp and circumstance and romance that mommy was accustomed to, she never did have that fairy tale wedding. 
for the sake of the campaign, my grandfather, and my dad's reputation, my mother decided to forego the grand event to avoid the bad press, potential ridicule, and who knows, probably worse. But for all her strength and nobility, she could not escape the losses that the late 90s had in store for her. After losing her husband to political warfare in the spring of 98, my mother found herself at another state funeral for her father in the summer of that same year. According to articles published by ModernGhana.com news outlet, my grandfather was one of several ministers either found dead or killed in, we'll call them freak accidents, following the procurement of a $76 billion, with a B, cities grant for their organization. Now, by today's standard, that would roughly shake out to about 152 billion cities, which is about over $12.2 billion today. I wasn't invited to that funeral. My mother's first act of protection for my sister and I in the wake of her security blankets being so viciously stripped off her. I can't even begin to imagine what ran through my mother's mind as she stood there with her 11 siblings to address the nation following such traumatic incidents, knowing she was the only one to have borne heirs to such a dynasty and that she had to act independently to preserve that lineage and bloodline. So she took us to London. I mean, why not? She had told us about her life in England and how to feel normal. She and her siblings would get little jobs like hotel attendants or working at haberdasheries. And they would try to get into normal trouble like jumping the rails or pretending to be deaf to not get in trouble after they've been caught. So there we were, my sister and I, in England. And oh, what a time we had. I still remember the smells and the feel of the cold, crisp air on my skin. From London to Milton Keys, shopping, homes, fairs. It was a time. But for all the fun we had, and despite how posh our lives were, there was still something missing. Maybe it was Grandpa's presence. Maybe it was daddy's presence. Maybe it was that of her siblings. But regardless of what it was, mommy decided that we were better off at home base. And so back to Ghana we went. And boy, what a game changer that was. We went back to having maids and houseboys, wild exotic animals as pets, 
anything our hearts desired. We attended the best schools, we had drivers, and more. We wore the badge of being Anne Von Williams' kids with as much pride as we wore the badge of being Te Okuno's kids. Because after all, we were the product of their love story, and our mother did everything in her power to ensure that we knew that. Whomsoever is not taught by the mother will be taught with the world. And that just was not an option for my mom. We had come too far for us to fall. And like any rich kids, we got to a point in our development where it was clear we needed to be polished. I mean, what good was having 24 karat pure Ghana gold cutlery if you only knew how to eat with your hands, right? So, at that point, my mother dropped my sister and I off at the world's best finishing school, the home of our great aunt, Paulina Diogo. We called her Antimama. There, I learned how to use cutlery, entertain international guests, read an analog clock, suck my stomach in, stand up straight, work a room, and manage a household staff. I even learned that my favorite color was red by seeing the candy paint on the various BMWs and other posh cars that would pull up in the driveways. It was work, but it was great. Now, remember what I said. My mother is smart. She knew that such a bougie upbringing would only take her girls so far, and once she was satisfied that we had learned all we needed to learn from Auntie Mama, we were off to our next post, living with Grandma Benya, Ms. Benlis Diogo. Talk about a culture shock. Life with Grandma Benya was interesting. We lived partly with her and partly with my mom at her house. This, by the way, was mommy's second act of protection for us. Now, for the sake of my mother's privacy, I won't get too deep into what was happening behind the scenes, but mommy, thank you. At Grandma Benya's house, I learned what bills were and how to ration food, electricity, money, and energy. I learned humility and how to accept all mankind. Lots of crazy people, but we let them be and they let us be in harmony. I also learned how to run a business because Grandma Benya had a prominent bakery. Now in Atlanta, Georgia, if you want to check it out, she also had quite a few employees and sold plantain chips, Jamaica or hibiscus drinks and various ice creams at a stand after church every Sunday. Through living with Grandma Benya, I saw the people that were really affected by the political games that I'd heard of and seen from a distance. I learned the true Ghanaian wedding traditions and family traditions from really spending time in that house. Grandma Benya also, through her business and devotion, introduced me to God and church. I was this close to having my first communion until 
well, until my sister got ran over by a car during a catechism class. I was devastated, terrified, confused. I, I was done at that point and turned away from the process. I, I thought, why would God do that to her? And at church, by God's grace and nobody else's, my sister did survive that. But by that point, it appeared time was up. Time was up for me with all I felt I could learn and see. Time was up for my sister with all she felt she could get out of the situation. And luckily and apparently, time was up for my mom too. I didn't know it then, but we were going to go abroad again. My mom had made up her mind, found the perfect spot for our family, and she was ready for us to go. But not before we had one last stop. Training under the last branch of the family tree. Florence Hutchful, not Ampelful, a.k.a. our Grandma Mimi. Living with Mimi brought together the lessons of Auntie Mama and Grandma Benya in the best way. Mommy also moved in with us because, like I've said, Mommy was smart and she knew when to dig in and when to let go. And this particular step required her full attention and input. Mimi taught us to wield the power we had acquired, how to stand up without causing ripples, how to show restraint even when you are the powerful one in a situation, how to take punishment even if unwarranted, and how to make an impact without putting a target on your back. Mimi completed the polishing and Mommy made sure to fine-tune that finish. Just like that, we were off to America. My sister and I revisited Aunt Mama and Grandma Benya and all our friends and family. We said our goodbyes and gave away what we could and packed the rest up with excitement for the new life and the new road ahead that was left to be seen. We first settled in Essex near Deep Creek Middle School and Despite our beautiful townhouse and quaint neighborhood, there was still much to be protected against. I mean, I looked like the other black kids, but I certainly didn't sound like them, and so I got bullied quite often. They didn't think that I should have had the nice things I had, especially that bicycle, so that got stolen from me, and I did get my butt whooped at the playground, but there she was, my superhero mom, come to the rescue. I also witnessed my first kidnapping at that house, and my mom worked very hard to get me to overcome my fear of leaving the home, and eventually she decided that she'd seen enough, and so we moved to an even better part of town, Marine Oaks, with its HOA and school-approved volunteer programs and safe cul-de-sac. Life seemed pretty good. Mommy got married, we got a little brother, and my accent was getting better, so the fights and bullying at school had tapered down just a bit. As we settled into the States, Mommy made sure that our values did not waver. We volunteered often and donated regularly. We were active at school, with the Police Athletic League, the PAL Center, and mommy maintained her status as a socialite and superstar mom. 
There wasn't a concert or show that she wasn't present at, an award ceremony that you couldn't hear her cheering in. She cooked like she had a full staff on hand, maintained amazing friendships, hosted parties like a professional, and was always so well put together. And our house was immaculate. I couldn't tell you how she found enough hours in the day to do all she did. I remember I was part of the Student Government Association and they had put together a homecoming dance and I told my mother I wanted to go and she approved, but before I could go to homecoming, she made sure to take me to the mall to try on high heels. And my mother, in true socialite fashion, let me know that a lady never takes her shoes off at a party. So what did I have to do? Walk around the East Point Mall for what seemed like hours just to get the feel of walking in heels on a floor with no grip without the option to take them off. Yeah, she went above and beyond to make sure that her kids were ready for anything. By the time our brother was about three years old, we had outgrown our lovely life and mommy moved us to an even bigger, more beautiful home on a quarter acre of land in the suburbs of Rosedale. I'm saying mommy because this was all her doing. Her money, her prowess, her foresight, her growth. By the time I was inching closer to graduating high school, Mommy had done it all, and she was ready to take over a business in the States as well. I watched her build a business now worth more than I even care to calculate. Together, we drafted policies and procedures. Lawyer, she would yell to me. Come and read this. Make sure it makes sense to your people. I mean, why am I paying consultants when I have this big head at home? Lawyer, she would yell. Write my interview questions and job postings. Aren't you a professional? So I did, and together we hired competent staff. We canvassed for clients, transformed our home to an office, and all the while kept the house clean, refrigerator full. She took us on vacations to Six Flags and Dutch Wonderland, different states. She sent two children off to college, three now. (laughs) She continued to be active in the community. We did so many walks for the cure. We donated so many clothes and volunteered our time and efforts to countless soup kitchens and spent time together as a family and with the friends that we had made over the years in our neighborhood and beyond. I mean, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I'll say it till my last breath. My mother is amazing. By the time the country had cracked when George Floyd was murdered, her awesomeness reached new heights. At that point, she had expressed to us the realities of growing up mulatto. She explained to us that While she had raised my siblings and I, not as black or mixed or children with any labels to acknowledge or be mindful of, 
that now the world was placing labels on us that we did have to be aware of, but never yield to or bow down to. She pulled on her experience in tragedy with the stories that you've heard concerning my father and my grandfather and other stories that I was shocked to hear about and I'm sure my siblings were too. My mother pulled on that unique strength to be our rock in a very confusing and terrifying time for anyone, let alone someone who had known the realities of what a political upheaval or a grassroots division could do. But she stayed strong. She gave us counsel. She stayed on the phone with each of us for as long as we needed to and gave us as many pep talks and reassurances as necessary to keep moving forward because we hadn't come this far to fall. And she would make sure that her children would succeed, especially with her still roaming this earth with all the skills and experience that she had acquired to be able to make sure that that would be the case. With that, once things died down a bit and a semblance of reality returned, my mother made her final move. And to protect her privacy, I again won't reveal where that was to or when that occurred. But I will say that she continues to live a lavish posh, grounded mama bear life and continues to set an example for not just us as her children, but for any and everyone who's lucky enough to make her acquaintance. As time passes and I'm fortunate enough to go through situation after situation with my mother, I'm still in awe and shock at the layers that this woman holds within herself. There is not a single thing that can shake her, not a single obstacle that she cannot overcome. She's a wealth of information and just a wealth of skills that I'm still figuring out as the years go on. I feel incredibly lucky and proud to be her daughter. And I feel so empowered to be sharing her story with you today. According to Marian Webster's dictionary, a superhero, or in this case, a superheroine, is defined as an exceptionally skilled or successful person. After hearing the little tidbits about my beautiful, fabulous mother, Miss Anne Vaughn Williams, I'm sure that we can all agree that she fits this bill perfectly. Mommy, I love you. Thanks for making me me. And thanks for the gift of my three little siblings. <laughs> 